Today's reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, reading from verse 1 to 6. And this can be found on page 748 of the Church Bibles. The glory of Zion. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is covered is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nation will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the sea will be brought to you. To the riches of the nation will come. Herds of camel will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, bringing, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming praise for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, loving God, we ask you to help us to <clears throat> inhabit this story uh, and to help make it relevant for our faith journey uh, this day and this new year. May we intentionally choose to follow you again. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as I said, today we celebrate uh, the Magi who followed the star rising in the east to come and meet the king of kings who they were searching for. That passage from Isaiah um, is matched or is resonated in the stories in the gospels of the Magi who come. So I do encourage you when you go home, Uh, to have a look at the gospel stories of the Magi coming. But there's something about this uh, text in Isaiah which I quite like, and the reason why it's put together um, in the lectionary as the Old Testament reading that we read at Epiphany. Um, And we sing it, don't we? Arise, shine, your light has come. Um, The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. We know it as an Epiphany text. Um, because there's something in it which resonates, which it talks about the kings and the camels. And you can see how actually our images of the Christmas story are actually linked with this passage in Isaiah, sometimes more than um, the gospel readings, which doesn't tell us anything about how many there were or camels or any of that kind of thing. But here we have hordes of camels coming from Midian. Um, and we have the kings, and we have luxury, and we have a whole host of people. And whilst I kind of, um, I'm really happy thinking of the traditional names, because we do that as human beings, we give things names. So we've given the three wise men names, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. And that's absolutely fine, because it helps us to connect. But this passage, I think, in Isaiah, helps us to remember that there's space in that story for us. So there's a fourth king and a fifth king and a sixth king who isn't mentioned. 
in the stories, the tra- in that traditional three wise men. But the, the passage in Isaiah reminds us that we're part of that horde coming from the east on the camels. That was a complete aside. <laughs> Back to what I've written. Okay, so these magi come searching. Uh, and so that was what I wanted to bring to you this morning, one of two things. The first thing is about searching. Um, so the question, this is New Year, so we're thinking about what we're going to be like in the new year. It's that moment, isn't it? We take stock of ourselves. Um, what are your hearts searching for? It's very easy. It's inevitable, as human beings, that our hearts are searching for something. That's the nature of hearts. Um, they are restless, and they want to find their desire, your heart's desire what they most want. So what do our hearts desire? Uh, The great father of the church, Augustine, says our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. What do our hearts desire? How are we this new year and this epiphany, with this epiphany story resting in us? How are we shaping our own desires so that our hearts search for the thing that is good and not for things that slip away um, or are destructive? Over Christmas, which is a wonderful season, and as you know, a season that we are still in. I know all your decorations probably went away. Possibly before this weekend, but at this weekend. Uh, I, our Christmas tree went away, I think on Thursday, because I couldn't quite make it to Friday or Saturday, because it really was pretty much a dead stick by the, t- by the time we came home from our breakaway. Um, but we moved all up that Christmas, and then I've, I've set up a little crib scene, which will stay until Candlemas, because the Christmas season lasts until the presentation of Jesus at the temple on the 2nd of February. So if you want Christmas to last longer, anyone, 2nd of February is when it finishes till the next year. So, but over what most people think of as Christmas, um, there's a lot around us which is fun and festive and feasting, um, but which slips away and which isn't lasting. Seek the thing that is lasting and find ways this year um, where Jesus is the one who you are teaching your heart to seek after. Because I don't think it comes naturally to us, always. We naturally seek other things with which to satisfy our souls And, of course, they never will. So, please, spend some time. Is it? There we go. (laughs) Getting blinded by the light. Spend some time and read the story again of Christmas, the incarnation, the real story uh, that we find in the 
different parts of the different Gospels capture each different part of the story. And as you read the story and pray, you know, perhaps you might commit in the next little while to reading one of the Gospels from beginning to end, or maybe all four of them. This Gospel story about Jesus' life, birth, life, death, resurrection. Let the reality of Jesus sink in through the stories. It's the new year. The adverts are all telling me that we should have a new you. New year, new you. I don't like it very much, but if it's going to help us at all, um, that commercialization, then let it do this. Let it uh, challenge you to meet again with this story in a way that it changes your life. Give your heart to Jesus afresh. Seek him afresh. Let the new you be one who is renewed in faith, brought to a new and deeper understanding of Jesus. And if you've decided to commit to the gym, then also decide to commit to Jesus. So that's the first thing. What are you searching for? Be honest. Be honest. And the second thing about epiphany that I want us to take away is this idea of strangers. There's a lot of strangeness in the incarnation and the Christmas story and the epiphany story. Christ came to what was his own and his own did not know him. Jesus is the stranger among us. The strangest thing being, of course, that he came to his own creation. And although he wasn't a stranger within it, we didn't know him. We didn't recognize him. Jesus knows what it is to be the stranger, to be considered foreign, an immigrant, a refugee, Jesus chose to become an outsider within the world that he created. Where are the places that you feel a stranger? Jesus knows what that feels like. And you are known by Jesus. And of course, in Epiphany, we have our strangers from the East, the Magi. As I've said, we don't know exactly who came or how many, but we we do know that they brought the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were strangers, and they came to Jesus, who came to his own, but his own did not recognize him, but they did. They knew. 
They were the strangers who knew who this stranger was. And in being strangers together, they were friends. Gold for a king, frankincense for God, and myrrh to anoint for death, for a saviour. These were probably quite important and rich people from the place from which they travelled. And you pick that up in the Isaiah passage because they're coming with their hordes of camels and you can imagine the Persian carpets and the luxury that came with them. But in Nazareth, they were strangers in a foreign land. Yet, they were attentive to the sign of the star. They were invited to see the appearance of God in creation. This always resonates with me anyway, but being uh, in Harrow and this being our context, I think it's really relevant. We're quite used to seeing travelers from the East the most multi-religious borough in the country that we are. Perhaps the story of Epiphany might give us pause to think how we treat or think about those who are strangers to us in language, culture, dress, religion. We have a context uh, where we can have much practice at welcoming the stranger. I always think about that old prayer, you know, uh, I asked God for, uh, I can't remember now, I asked God for, for uh, someone, for, for someone to look after me, and God gave me someone to look after, or something like that. That sort of sense of, actually, we're, we want to be welcomed often, And in wanting to be welcomed, we are actually given the opportunity to be those who welcome. The incarnation, God with us, Emmanuel, is for everyone. For the outsider, for the stranger, for you. As you journey this new year... May you be renewed in your faith. May you know the one who has come among us. May our eyes be opened and attentive to the signs of God in our midst. May you who are strangers know yourselves fully known by the one who, in the end, we will fully know. And instead of strangers, may you be called friends of God. Finish with a poem. It might have been just someone else's story. Some chosen people get a special king. We leave them to their own peculiar glory. We don't belong. It doesn't mean a thing. But when these three arrive... They bring us with them. Gentiles like us, 
their wisdom might be ours. A steady step that finds an inner rhythm, a pilgrim's eye that sees beyond the stars. They did not know his name, but still they sought him. They came from otherwhere, but still they found. In temples they found those who sold and bought him, but in the filthy stable hallowed ground. Their courage gives our questing hearts a voice to seek, to find, to worship, to rejoice.